Hi all and welcome back to our podcast. We are three sisters who have started up a podcast to review our favourite shows and movies. This week we are doing the second episode of Shadeswood, which which will cover the episodes 4, 5 and 6 of the first season of Pretty Little Liars. Two of the sisters have seen the show and are big fans. I'm a first time watcher. This will not be a recap show rather than our own thoughts on events, characters and the show in general. So without further ado, I'm Sadie. I'm Suna. And I'm Arzon. So, you know what I just realised we missed? We missed yeah. our, our motto. So, our motto there. <laughs> um, if attempted murder is... Wait, hold on. Yeah, if attempted murder is a crime, then attempted comedy is a podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're starting with the recap of episode four. So, in this episode... Um, It starts with the girls in the park and they are like talking amongst themselves and deliberating what they can do to get rid of A. That's when Spencer has the idea of just blocking unknown numbers from everything. So they take turns in blocking the numbers from all their cell phones as they find like a sense of relief after they've blocked everything, like a little bit of paper blows past them and it's to do with Allison's memorial. And on that it says, um, what did it say? (laughs) That's a good one. Ding dong, the bitch is dead. Yeah, ding dong, the bitch is dead. My favourite thing about the paper is it's just one of the many creative ways in these three episodes that A finds to communicate with the girls. Like, how do you manipulate wind like that? (laughs) Where was A when that happened? The girls have no side vision, right? So what you don't see, what they don't see is like, Two meters to that left is a is a guy with a big fan machine just blowing papers towards them. That makes sense though. This is the exact reason why we um, Emily didn't see um, Jenna two episodes ago. Yeah, when we did that episode, when Jenna was sitting right there, she was slightly out of shot, so we didn't see her. Anyway, in this episode, you don't really see the girls together all that much. Um, they're mainly off like dealing with their own things. So, um, like, they're all fighting their own demons. Like, Hannah is dealing with her dad coming back into the picture. Arya is, like, trying to find a way to wrap her head around what's going on with her parents. Spencer is still, like, reeling from what's happened with Ren. Emily is, like, trying to come to terms with herself. So they're all off sort of doing their own thing until the end. And they get that um, another iconic A message in lipstick, which is what ends the episode. All right, so um, Arzun, did you want to recap Reality Bites Me, which is episode five real quick? All right, so episode five is called Reality Bites Me. Lots of stuff happens in this episode, starting with the girls finding a tube of lipstick in the shade Jungle Red, which is Alison's colour, and Spencer's wardrobe after they get a message from A on the mirror. Arya thinks it's Jenna's, and later on, Hannah confirms this when she sees Jenna in the dentist's office, and it's the same shade. Arya's parents are arguing a lot right now as a result of another A crime when they sent a letter to Arya's mum. Hannah starts work in Sean's mum's dental office, where she sees Jenna going to the therapist's office on her floor. The girls speculate for a while about what this means. Meanwhile, Emily and Toby are getting closer and bonding over music. Arya goes to a reading of one of Ezra's stories and hangs out with him and one of his friends from college. Spencer plays doubles with her dad to land a client at the club, where she meets a new guy called Alex. When asked to throw the game, Spencer does so and then tells her dad she cheated and used Melissa's paper 
for which she has now won a golden orchid. Aria and Fitz are on the fritz when she leaves her phone at his place and he sees some messages from A, who knows all about them. Suna, do you want to recap episode six? Yep. Um, episode six is called There's No Place Like Homecoming. And as you can imagine, the grand um, event at the end of this episode is the homecoming. So this is all kind of building up to this. And we start off with the girls in Aria's room um, and they're planning on what they're going to do for homecoming, who's going with who. And they get a message in the fortune cookies. They were eating Chinese takeaway. Um, Hannah was the first one that opens the fortune cookie. And she gets a message that says, lions and tigers and bitches, oh my, there's no place like homecoming. See you there. So we get the hint here that A is going to homecoming. I just thought this was a missed opportunity because A could have said liars and tigers and bitches, but uh, <laughs> didn't happen. A's are slipping a bit. In this episode, sorry, everyone's still dealing with their own situations. So Hannah goes to Real Love Waits, which is the Virginity Pledge Club, so that she can build stronger relationships with Sean. We meet Lucas there for the first time. So he's. Uh, we find out that he's a bit of a school nerd and um, he doesn't think he would have a chance with a girl like Hannah. Um, Hannah's still also working on getting those files from the psychologist to see if Jenna is A or if they can get any more information about what happened between the Kavanaugh's and any more information about A. She can't get to it at any time because there's always people around, so she rigs the door so she can go to it later. And in this episode, we also see that Toby has a tattoo which says 901 free at last. The girls start to think that this is a, a reference to the day that Ali went missing, September 1st. They think maybe this means that he might have killed her. So they're working over time to try and figure out what's happening with Jenna and Toby and the red lipstick and the 901 tattoo and whether they're A. And then we start seeing all the drama about who's going to homecoming with who. So Hannah received messages with pictures of Maya and Emily kissing from A. So she tries very hard to support Emily um, in her choices. Uh, but Emily doesn't realise that anyone knows. So she thinks that those are hints that say, yeah, it's cool, bring Toby. So she plans to bring Toby to the dance, but nobody knows about it yet. Aria is going stag. Emily is going with Toby. And Hannah is going with Sean. When they get there, they realise that Melissa's also at homecoming, apparently because she's going to be delivering the speech and crowning the new homecoming queen as a previous winner. Uh, she says some stuff to Alex to ruin her relationship with, ruin his relationship with Spencer to get back at her for stealing her essay and for stealing her rent. Mona is mean to Lucas, who he calls Hermie, and we get that. That was something left over from Alison. Alison used to tease him. Aria tells Ezra that A is not her friend and they start and they start trying to repair their relationship. Hannah goes off missing her crowning while she's searching for the papers. When she comes back, she realises that Toby was the one that was in therapy, not Jenna, and Jenna was there to talk to the therapist um, for that. They discover that Toby was in Rosewoods the week that um, Alison disappeared. So they start thinking that this is the reason that Toby murdered Ali. And at the same time, Emily is hanging out with Toby and he's trying to tell her a secret and it's ominous and dark. And then she gets the text from the girls to say, we have proof that Toby is Ali's killer. She tries to run away, trips on some stairs and falls with a scream. And then we see A do the A ending where they're reducing the Rosewood Town sign by one number for the population count. So it's hinting that somebody's died. 
Um, and that's where that episode ends. That was a creepy thing to end with. It, it was. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, even my husband was like super like, oh, my God, can't wait for the next episode. <laughs> super creepy place to end it. So do we, do we want to go through and do what we did last time and do one character at a time? Yep. Um, so do we want maybe want to start with Hannah since that's where episode four starts with? Yep, sounds good. Do you want to get us started, Sadie? Yep, okay. We In episode four, we see Hannah and she's like dealing with the aftermath of her crashing Sean's car. So you see her and she's like arguing with her mum and her mum is saying something like, I don't want to see another police car in front of my house again. Um, later on that day, then her dad rings her and invites her out to dinner. Super happy about that. She thinks that like her dad is coming back for her. Um, okay, well, something that I thought was interesting about that opening scene is where Ashley's like, there's nothing more I can do about this. Do you understand me? Which kind of is a bit of a throwback to the last three episodes where we know she was sleeping with Wilden to try and get Hannah off for stealing sunglasses. So that's kind of her being like, this is out of my control now. This is too big of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing that happens in this episode, in the first episode to Hannah is she gets that job in the dental office to start paying off the repairs to the car. Yeah. And she gets, um, after they've blocked their phones, she gets an A message on the radio, um, which is another creative way that A is sending the messages. So A dedicates a song to her best friend Hannah, which is called I Don't Need You Anymore. Yeah. Yes, okay. Now with that scene, right, she was picking Spencer up. And she heard that just before Spencer came into the car, yep. like the song was still playing when Spencer's in there. But what I don't understand is why she didn't just turn around right then and there and say to Spencer, hey, A has just sent me this message. It's just like this foreboding message that she's giving, but she's not actually telling her what happened. Like if that was me, I'd be, I'd be like, you know, absolutely crapping it and being to my friend, oh my God, oh my God, like we've blocked her and she's still reaching out to us. I think the show just does things like that to avoid retelling something we just saw. So I think it's implied that she told her off camera, maybe. But yeah, I agree. I would be just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, she knows I'm listening to this station right now. Yeah, like, she she knows. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was just odd. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in this episode, Hannah finally meets her dad. And just as she's, like, getting good with her dad, he pops out this surprise fiancé and a new step- a stepsister for her. Yeah. So, you can tell she wasn't impressed with it. But mm. the Venice comment that she made had me, like, rolling on the floor laughing. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Something I don't like about this whole scene, other than the obvious that it's a pretty, like, weird way to do it, is that in the last scene where she goes to dinner with her dad for the first time, He's like to Ashley, I think we've had our wires crossed. Like it's going to be just me and Hannah catching up for a while. And then he surprise invites literally everyone doesn't tell Hannah. So he got their wires crossed again. Yeah, I don't know what it is with TV shows and not giving people a heads up. They just like people just show up all the time. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. No, it would have been nice to say, hey, uh, I'm getting married, by the way, and I want you to meet my wife to be. And your sister to be. And your sister to be, yeah. But I think that also shows how little that Hannah is thought about by her dad. Yeah, I think so. And it's, yeah, it is disappointing because, like, I get it, people divorce, but you don't forget about your kids. And it sounds like he has forgotten about her. Like, he's yeah. moved and barely got in contact. Forget forgetting about her. He's got a replacement for her. Yeah. 
Like there's a stepdaughter who's probably the same age as her. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Someone you meet could be just the same age. But, yeah, he's not really taking his, you know, daughters seriously or um, spending time with her or investing into the relationship. But he does seem to be with the new Kate, which I think makes Hannah a little bit, yeah, apprehensive. But also Hannah was like, I thought we were supposed to see that, you know, oh, these people are really mean and Hannah's so right and whatever. But, like, Hannah wasn't necessarily rude to them. Yes. (laughs) Like, it's not their fault. (laughs) So just at least be polite to people. So, yeah, I don't know. The relationship just didn't start off right, right from there. But it probably would have been better if her dad had given her a heads up about it. Yeah, definitely. And then what happens to Hannah after that? Yeah, so she goes to work in a dental office. She gets the picture of um, Maya and Emily kissing and she goes to real love waits. I think that's all that's happened to her in between that and the third, the sixth episode. Yeah. Just one iconic line of um, Hannah that we missed is when she runs into Sean when she's heading towards the dentist's office and she's like, oh, don't worry about me. Hideous looks good on me. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. A lot more happens to Hannah because when she starts work at the thing, she sees Jenna in the elevator. Yeah. Hmm. Quick side note on this Jenna thing. If Jenna's blind, why is she leaning into the mirror to apply her lipstick? Don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know why she's doing that. She's in the elevator with Hannah. Hannah's like freaking out in the corner and Jenna is just calmly leaning into a mirror to apply the lipstick. Hmm. And she seemed to know that was Hannah in the lift. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you know this? Like, how, what sort of, like, spidey sense is she working with? Yeah. Well, people say that once you lose one of your senses, other ones heighten. Okay. Other ones heighten. It doesn't heighten to the point where you stare at yourself in an elevator mirror. Why <laughs> 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 you On the point about... Um... Like how she knew someone was there, though. We find out in later episodes that she knows the girls from their perfumes. <laughs> so she, like, I'm not going to go into it because it's like really far in the future, but um, she says, "Oh, you know, can sense who this is because of their perfume." Or I'll just leave that at that. Um, so maybe it is her other senses being heightened. So then um, they start to try and figure out why. Jenna is seeing the psychologist and if she's A. So that's when she starts trying to steal those files. Yeah. So also something else that Hannah's been doing is after she got the photos, she's really trying to be encouraging to Emily a lot. So she makes a point of being like, Emily, you should bring someone you have fun with and blah, blah, blah. But then she also, when she finds out Emily hasn't asked Maya to the homecoming yet, she goes out of her way to tell Maya that, Emily would like to have her there and kind of just sticking mm. her nose in it a bit. Yeah. I think she's trying to help Emily out while like giving her a nudge in the right direction. Mm. I think so too. She had no reason to believe that Hannah was bringing anyone else or anything like that at that time. I like seeing the nice and caring side of Hannah while she was doing that mm. because you don't get to see, you don't see much of Hannah opening up or being supportive towards the girl. She's sort of always in, like, um, bad girl mode. Yeah. But I like how she's, like, reaching out and going out of her way to help one of the other girls. And, um, yeah, and then she has that scene with Lucas. So she meets Lucas at the um, real love weights thing. And then when they're at the ball, 
Mona is picking on yeah. him and she kind of sticks up for him to Mona and she makes a comment about, you know, Mona says to her, if you keep going the way you are, we're going to slip right back to where we started. And she says something like, well, I think I lost a few things on the climb up. So you can see that she's struggling with that whole, I need to be cool and popular, but I also want to treat people right thing. On a completely different side note, you guys can edit this out if you want. Who's Martha? Oh, I think that was just like nobody, like just the patient he was expecting and he thought it was Hannah. Oh, because I've got here Martha and I'm like, who? who is Martha? Because these are the notes that I posted to you guys like the middle of the night. Yeah. And I'm like, what's a Martha? Yeah. No, Martha's I think just who he confused Hannah for. He was expecting someone, that someone was Martha. I don't think they have any other bearing on this plot. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we're at homecoming. So do we want to cover other people and then we'll finish off at homecoming again? All right, so we should move on to Aria? Yep, sure. Okay. So in the first episode that we're covering, episode three, one of the main things that happens to Aria is that she's invited to Fritz's house so that they can get to know each other. But she sort of like blows everything up when Fritz tries to give her some... Fitz. Is his name Fitz? Fitz, not Fritz. Oh, I've got him as Fritz in all of my notes. <laughs> yeah. Fitz. Yeah. Okay. Well, she gets invited to Fitz's house, right? And she blows everything up by go like chucking a wobbly because he said that maybe her mum knows about the infidelity. Mm. Right. This just shows how immature she is. Yeah. Like she wasn't even willing to take his ideas or his comments on the situation. Like she's gone to him and explained the situation to him that he knows about it. Yeah. But when he tries to, you know, give her another point of view, she just doesn't want to listen to it. Yeah. I agree. And then also the way she's like, just keep my parents out of it. And he was right, like you're the one who brought them up. <laughs> yeah. Like she's the, she's the one who said. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. But you see a bit of her immaturity a lot in these few episodes, I thought. Like when after they speak with Hardy, um, Ezra's friend, then she's like, was I acting like a high school girl and stuff like that? And it's like, yes, because you are a high school girl. (laughs) So yes, (laughs) by default, you were acting like one. I've been like an avid Aria fan until this episode. Mm. I am no longer an Aria fan. She's just not, she's not what I thought she would be. Hmm. Interesting. And then what does Arya do next? All right, so she was like tormented between telling her mum about what happened with her dad, but she's been like sitting on this thing for a year now. Mm. And then like the day she decides that she plucks up the courage to tell her mum, her mum's already got a letter in her hand. Yeah. She should have either A, told her at the time it happened or B, never said anything and just left them to it. Like a year's passed. Yeah, something brought her, like I think it was the whole in- – interaction with Meredith again I think it's resurfaced now that they're back and they had those interactions with Meredith which is why she's struggling with it again because in like the last episodes she ran to Ezra's house crying after the art show because Meredith showed up there so I can see why she's struggling with it now but yeah like she told her mum ages ago and then it was like yeah a reflection on what Ali told her and when Ali was like you should tell her before you lose both of them and that's what she was remembering what were you going to say Arthur? Um, mine wasn't related to the mum or anything. Mine was related to Hardy. So um, mm-hmm. I just think she doesn't have a real sense of worry about being caught with her teacher because not only is she like going out of her way to go to his readings in a town like Rosewood where everyone knows everyone and is always in your business, 
but also when she's hanging out with Hardy and him and they're playing darts and everything and Hardy's telling that story about Ezra laughing in his sleep she's like oh that's cute and then later on it's like I wonder how like he thought anything was happening what did I do yeah yeah agree yeah I thought that was pretty dumb and also she has another inappropriate conversation which I'll save for a bit later but because it's at homecoming where she acts like people can't hear her yeah she does this a lot um yeah so then her parents start fighting after the a letter and she starts then keeping um mike in the dark even though she was like i can't lie to mike as well not too long ago to her mum, and she starts not telling him anything even though they're fighting really loudly like mike can you not pick up what they're saying everyone else can <laughs> and so yeah um her and ezra kind of go we should not be together, we should be together, we should not be together, we should be together a lot through these few episodes. It all boils down to they shouldn't be together. Yeah, I agree, they shouldn't be. So Arya makes a comment in this episode, episode five, sorry, after they come back from Hardy, having that lunch thing with Hardy, and she's like, age is never an issue when we're together, but like, yes, it literally is. Yeah, literally, it's always an issue. Yeah, and then she forgets her phone at his house. So she forgets her phone at Ezra's house and he checks her messages and realises there's one from A about um, being with the teacher. I'd forget the exact wording of the message. But Ezra sees it and then that's the last thing that they get mad at each other for um, before homecoming. Ezra sounds a bit like <laughs> a boomer when he's like, if A knows, then B knows and C knows. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. That's funny. <laughs> I just thought it was like, I don't know, the kind of joke that our parents would make. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was. And then what happens? Oh, yeah. And when Arya's pretty sad about, you know, the split, I guess, after this, even though they haven't really spoken about it, um, Hannah's helping her, helping to try and encourage her to go to homecoming anyway. And Hannah guesses that she was seeing someone from Iceland and that's who she's hung up about. And she doesn't, she doesn't um, disagree. She doesn't correct her. And she just lets her think that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think the next thing she does is also go to homecoming. I think so. Yeah. Cool. How about Emily next? Yeah. Emily sounds good. Did you want to get us started? So with Emily, the first thing I wanted to note is, so one of the first things that happens in, Episode four is that Maya gives her a scarf, a red scarf that she wears for like half the episode before she takes it out. But can I just say, people at that high school really like scarves. Like who did not notice (laughs) Emily's scarf? It was a topic of conversation. Everyone's like, oh, cool scarf, Emily, is it new? And um, she lied about it and denied it because she didn't want to make that association with Maya. But then also later on when she runs into Toby in the lab, Toby's like, weren't you wearing a scarf earlier? <laughs> like, <laughs> why are people so hung up on this scarf? And it's just like a generic red scarf. It's nothing yeah. special. Yeah, but the whole school was like literally obsessed with this scarf. I know. But yeah, then we see Emily and Toby start to develop a friendship and they start off in the chem lab. So they become uh, lab partners and they're sitting next to each other. But I swear, this whole scene reminded me of Twilight, like 100,000%. Even, like, the camera yes. angles, the way they were sitting, like, they were sitting in the exact same positions, the camera in the exact same way. I literally expected Toby to turn around and bite her. 
he's like, oh, your blood so disgusting. <laughs> this is like, this is another point. Like, this just goes to show how TV shows, books, movies, like aimed for that specific demographic, don't have much material left. Mm. Right. Um, side note, complete side note. Yeah. Toby's tattoo. Do you know how it says "free at last"? Yeah. Well, I've been rewatching Veronica Mars and Logan Eccles' mum. When she dies, she leaves him a lighter that says "free at last" on it. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like peeing myself because, like, oh, what is that? Oh, Veronica Mars. We need to do that next. Yes, that is amazing. Yeah, best show ever. But yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How so many things remind you of like so many other things. But yeah, yeah, I was watching this scene and I was like, is this Twilight? Is that Edward? And mind you, Toby looked particularly vampirish throughout these three episodes. He's pale with the hair, with the intense look in his eyes. Yeah, like Toby, could you act any more sus? <laughs> So that was um my take on Toby in these few episodes. And yeah, it's just like it was just like a flashback of Twilight the whole time. I was like, they're gonna go yeah. running in the woods now. Like <laughs> that's the next logical it's, thing. <laughs> it's all very intense, but like they're going through this intense thing. How is anyone else around them not noticing? Yeah. Oh, one thing talking about intense that we forgot about is there's another scene yet again where Ezra acts like an idiot in class and he's like standing at Arya's desk and fighting with her over the hypocrisy in um, To Kill a Mockingbird. And it's like, how are you doing this? Don't you think people have noticed that there's something going on here? So at, while they were, like, while he's in there, like, berating her over To Kill a Mockingbird, he also jumps down the throat of the other kid who tried to, like, have a different opinion. Yeah, and that kid was right. <laughs> right that is why he got his son to take the place because it would be easier to get him off what then to like say to him you should understand the material like aria has like hello yeah favoritism much like how is anyone not saying excuse me what's yeah. going on like she's not gonna fail english let's just say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway what were you gonna say Arzul? um i don't remember well if you do just shout out yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to Emily. Um, so, yeah, she's having those intense scenes with uh, Toby in the chem lab. And then she has, like, a kind of confrontation with Maya where Maya's like, why are you so distant, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, I just need some space to figure some stuff out. And Maya's like, okay, I like you, so I'll give you space. <laughs> I'll like, wait for you. I'll wait for you. Yeah, I thought it was. It's like, okay, then. On Emily, right, I have a note here. That Emily has a resting duck face. What is up with that? Yeah, I get it. Like she's constantly pouting over something. Yeah, that's the I'm pretty and I don't know what look. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> All right, yeah. so that's Emily. Are we done with Emily? Um, not yet. I don't. I was going to say that the whole reason that confrontation happened was because Emily found photos from A in her notebook, in her chemistry book, and she slams it shut and everything with Toby next to her. And later on in that same episode, you see her going towards the bins and she rips it in like, you know, two and puts it in the bin. 
And Toby approaches her, is like, oh, how are you? And she's like, as well as I can be taking out the trash, as if she was not seen with the world's tiniest thing in her hand. (laughs) That just annoyed me. No, you're completely correct. Who walks all the way down the driveway to the rubbish bin for one little scrap of paper? She do. She's very athletic. Like, she wanted to get rid of it, but you're not taking the trash out. You're being sus. Yeah, but, like, there's a million ways to get rid of a tiny bit of paper like that. She could have even set it on fire in her rubbish bin at home. Is that what she was throwing out, though? Is that what we've decided? Yeah, she was ripping up the pictures of um of her and Maya at the, at the party. Ah, I didn't link that together. I didn't think she would do that in case somebody found it. No, she ripped it in four. And then she just tucks it under some other trash and puts it in the bin. Right. Yeah, she doesn't think she really ripped it into like four pieces, like half twice, and she was like, that'll do. Okay, she's probably just cut out each of the four pictures. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, so Toby like approaches her and asks like how she's doing and whatever. And she's like, yeah, as well as I can be taking out the trash, whatever. And then she asks him, she's like, in chemistry the other day, there was something in my book. Did you see it? And he goes, I don't think you wanted anyone to see it and I'm okay with that. Um, and she goes, oh, really? Like she was like happy with that. And so when I first watched that scene, it to me seemed like that he knew, like and he saw what it was because then mm. he starts talking about what does swimming feel like to you and essentially you should just do something because of how you feel and forget what everyone else thinks. Yeah. So that to me indicated that he had seen the photos but then later on um obviously he asks her to homecoming and stuff like that and makes some comment later on being like did did you ask the wrong person to homecoming did you want to go with Maya and she's like maybe and he's only just piecing it together Mm. yeah I read that the same way maybe he thought it was just a phase (laughs) maybe I don't know maybe maybe he thinks like she's bi or something I don't know but with that scene, what another thing that got me is that she opened her book with the cover facing towards towards um Toby, right? Okay. So there was like basically no way for him to be have a, to have seen that. Like she yeah. didn't open her cover the whole way. As soon as she saw it, she slammed the book shut. Mm. But maybe she thought he was really creepy and looking over her shoulder. <laughs> I don't know, but this happened another time in in the homecoming episode where Hannah is at the um, filing cabinet and she's trying to get Jenna's file, right? So the labels are facing towards the camera, which is the opposite way to what Hannah is looking. She's looking at the labels from the back and she's still able to pick up Toby's on the first go and be shocked. Oh yeah, I didn't notice this, but maybe they were written on both sides. I doubt it. Which which office is going to do that for you? Like, I have some in my office and they're not labelled on both sides. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) And yeah, I noticed this as well because Anna was basically stuck with her back up against the wall, reaching over the open cabinet instead of being towards the open side where the camera was. Also, why didn't she turn on a light? She's already broken in there. Yeah, like in the dark, facing away from the labels and is able to pick up the, the, the file that she was looking for on the first go. I guess Jenna's not the only one with spidey senses. Uh, it's things like that that just make you laugh. Like they over-dramatise everything. Yeah, the whole time she was in there with the little flashlight, I was like, you've already broken in, just turn on a damn light. Having a flashlight draws more attention anyway. 
Because mm. if you were supposed to be there, you just turn the light on. Yeah. Also, there were so many instances where I thought she could have got the files when other people were around. Like when the painters were there, like they didn't know who she was. She could have just said, oh, I just need to grab a client for my, I just need to grab a file for my manager. Yeah. Like they would not have questioned her. They would have been like, yeah, okay, just get it in, get out of my face. <laughs> she would have been out of there. Yeah, I guess some, that though. It's one of those things where, like, if someone asked them about it or if there was a file missing and they got questioned, she didn't want to be identified. Mm, Maybe. But she hung around suspiciously enough, long enough. Yeah, she did. (laughs) (laughs) Like, apparently she hung around all day till 5 o'clock when that guy's shadow turned into a beard. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, um, back to Emily. So then her and Toby's friendship is kind of heating up. So they bond over some music and some drawings and stuff. And they're going to meet at the grill to study together. But when Emily gets there to meet him, she sees that Hannah and Spencer are already there. So she ditches Toby and goes sits with them and acts like she wasn't there to see him. So he gets annoyed and leaves, but leaves the CD that he made for her um, with the waitress. And this is another thing that made Hannah think that she was hiding the Maya thing. Because um, Hannah's like, oh, who gave you that? And she's like, oh, just someone from school. And she thought it was Maya. And she started, like, saying to her again, like, you know, if someone's making you happy, then that's a good thing. Also, another another thing with that, they go to the same school. They yeah. know everyone that each other knows. So, like, saying someone from school is going to raise more suspicion yeah. than giving her an actual name. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, <laughs> of someone from school. But who do? <laughs> yeah. And then um, I guess she ch- tries to be friends with Toby again. They end up eventually meeting up at the grill and studying and she makes him a CD this time. There's a couple of girly songs on there. Um, and then they also go to homecoming. So who's left? Spencer? Yeah, Spencer. Adam's going to start us off on Spencer. So in episode four, we see Spencer's hanging out with her friends and her history teacher comes up to her and says, your essay's been submitted to the Golden Orchid. And before she can even ask any questions, her teacher just like Fs off and is like, I have no time to talk to you. Bye. Even though he approached her. I'm sorry. What was the award called? The Golden Orchid. Do you know what the award that um, Bella and Edward Weed in Twilight is called? Golden Onion. Oh, is it really? Oh my God. I didn't make this connection. This is another Twilight um, crossover. It is. The whole Ren and Spencer situation was also interesting because after he comes to her house drunk, um, breaks a pot plant and everything, he claims he does it because um, he thought that she blocked him on everything and he thinks the best way to respond to this is to show up at her house. Yeah, but also they blocked unknown numbers. After all that, after ruining a relationship with your sister, you don't even have his number saved. No. Like, have the decency, man. (laughs) Yeah. But also, men of Rosewood, stop chasing teenage girls. Like, move on. (laughs) You know, he's literally just broken up his engagement with Melissa and, like, how in love with her could you have been if after meeting Spencer twice you cheated on her and now you've met the wrong sister Mm. and going drunk to her house in the middle of the night to ask, like, to clear things out with her dad and everything. Yeah. And also, all while she's 16 and you're in your 20s. Yeah, agree. Something I did note about Spencer was um, after she got nominated for this award and her dad finds out and um, they're all 
talking about it and he's like really impressed with her and he gives her her buttercreams because it's his favorite and she gets invited to doubles and blah 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 it reminded me of something that happened in the last three episodes where Spencer was complaining to Ren that her family had changed her opinion of her because of like the kiss and everything that happened and he was like oh the second you score another academic achievement you'll be back in their good graces yes and he was proved right (laughs) (laughs) instantly golden orchid essay nomination he comes at her with chocolates and is like come do doubles with me and everything's fine again I agree but yeah it just shows what kind of family they are they're driven by those achievements so anyway the doubles game why don't you go on about that? Okay, so with the doubles game, like you see her at the at the country club, I'm guessing, like a day or so before that she actually has to play and she's like working herself overtime, trying to, you know, perfect her perfect her I don't know, form, I guess. Yeah. Like trying to practice before she actually has to play with her dad. And she was like you can see that she's trying to make the effort to make a good impression for her dad. Only to get there and he tells her, Hey, we need to throw the game so that we can land this deal. Yeah. That I felt I felt sad for her in that because like she wants him to be the best. No, mm. he wants her to be the best, but he doesn't. Mm. He wants to use her as he sees fit. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when she meets Alex as well when she's practicing. Yeah. I like Alex. Throws the game, and her dad wins the client. And then when they get home, she finds out that he told the country club that Alex messed up the reservation and that's how he ended up getting his table that he forgot to book. And then Spencer goes on a bit of a, like, oh, my God, it's not his fault. And he says he can pick balls anywhere. And in that situation, um, she was in the right. Like, her dad was being, like, really inappropriate to try and blame somebody else so that he can land a client. He's so used to stepping on people to get what he wants. And I think Spencer's finally, like, realising what he's been doing all these years. Yeah, but also Spencer's hypocrisy in this moment when she's like, she acted really high and mighty about throwing the game like it was the worst thing they'd ever done. And it's like, mm. you've done worse things just in the last two episodes. Like, <laughs> you've broken your sister's relationship up. You've She's broken into psychologist offices to get papers that belong to, a, you know, somebody that's not her business. She's um, stealing essays. She's doing all sorts of things. But the thing that she gets on her high horse about is throwing the game. That's not right. Like, I thought it was a bit overkill. Like, I can see, I can justify throwing a game to make a client happy more than I can justify the other things that she's Kissing your sister's boyfriend. Kissing your sister's boyfriend. Stealing confidential client, like, uh, medical materials from an office. Like, all that sort of stuff. Like, that's so inappropriate. But she's like, no, the game throwing was the worst thing that we've ever done. Like you've gone too far on this one, Dad. Yeah. But yeah, she was right about getting mad at her dad for throwing Alex under the bus, though. Like, that is not appropriate. Yeah. Especially That's given not... their stations in life. Like, you know. Yeah, they're, they're, they're rich. They've got it. Yeah. Like, nothing's going to happen to you if you don't get this client. You'll just find another client. Like, you will get yeah. a smaller, lesser bonus. But for all you know, that's his only source of income. You know, like... He's just a kid. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, and he needs money for, you know, college, this, that, whatever. Like, And then being like, yeah, he can pick up balls anywhere. Like, no, he probably can't. If he, the up clubs talk to each other and they say, oh, this kid's really bad. He, you know, didn't um, look after the clients well. That's why we had to fire him. Where's he going to get a reference from? But I also like the fact that when they were talking about going to homecoming together, 
he offered, like, he paid for his ticket, offered, like, he's trying to do right by her. Like, he's, does that make sense? Even, even though she's wealthy, he's not expecting her to pay for things. Yeah. 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 So, those, so those sort of scenes, we see, like, their financial disparity a lot more. Like, he's buying a suit and he's buying the ticket and she's very concerned about it. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I guess they also end up at homecoming. I think that's where we leave them too. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. At homecoming, when Melissa was totally horrible to him, yeah. he left. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other characters we want to cover before we get to homecoming? We've done the four main girls, haven't we? There's just one um, thing about Lucas that I wanted to add. Yeah. Um, he had a really good line in the either fourth or fifth episode, I can't remember, where he's um, going to the RLW sort of meeting. Yeah. And he's talking about how my virginity is well protected. People like Hannah are never going to actually be hitting on me, blah, 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 blah. And he calls her a spl- genetic splice of Barbie and Shakira. And I yep. thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Okay, but where is the Shakira? <laughs> yeah, I thought the Hannah and Lucas scene in that was really funny, actually. Like, I like the, um, how the teacher asks Hannah, hey, do you want to go next? And she's like, no. See, I can say no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. And then, yeah, they have yeah. that um, scene as well where Lucas is quite funny as well. I, I think really they just vibe really well. Yeah. And then Jenna, not a lot happens to her in these seasons, in these episodes, I mean. So she goes to the psychologist um, and we see her wearing the red lipstick and we see her telling Toby um, that Emily won't like him once she finds out the truth about him. I think they're the main things that happen to Jenna in these episodes. I don't think there's much else. Um, except at Homecoming, there is one more thing I want to say about her there. Me too. <laughs> and then uh, Toby, we've already talked about at the same time as Emily. Nothing else really happens to him except for, again, at Homecoming, we start seeing some stuff. The Ezra timeline we've covered. And when we're talking with Aria, he doesn't really have any scenes by himself. And, yeah, I think we've covered everyone else. So I think we are at homecoming now. Yep, we're at homecoming now. Yeah. Cool. Well, at homecoming, um, what happens? <laughs> Stuff is going down. Stuff is going down. One of the more interesting scenes for me is when Toby and Emily are showing up at homecoming. So yep. it started at 8 and he picks her up at 9, so they're like super late. And also, first of all, why is your homecoming starting in the middle of the night? I'm in bed by then. Yeah. <laughs> side note I know right (laughs) literally what school function ever starts at eight and people rock up at nine that's when you start going home yeah well he was really nervous obviously he had to make a great grand entrance that's what you do when you're nervous true (laughs) yeah make sure everyone watches you yeah you don't like slipping early so nobody notices (laughs) exactly so what I was going to say is but yeah the whole scene's interesting because then when he gets there again he's at the door with Emily and you can tell he's a bit nervous and he's like, let's go see a movie instead. And Emily says that she's overdressed, whatever. And they walk in hand for ha- hand in hand and everyone is shocked and immediately icing him out when they approach her. Yeah. When they approach the group. Yeah. And Aria goes off to do the booth. Yes. With Ezra. Know. Yeah. I don't know what you call what she was doing there. She was spinning a wheel. It's like a ring booth. toss type thing, but like with cushions. Cushion toss thing. <laughs> Cushion and toss thing, yeah. She's standing there throwing the wheel. And it just so happens that the teacher put, like, residing over that little event that she's doing is Ezra. 
Yeah, and like Spencer says, it's every freshman's dream to be in a dark booth with Ezra. She goes off there and um, they have a chance to talk. Even though there's people standing right there, right in front of them, they're talking very yeah. loudly about their relationship and who she told and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Like those people go to your school. They know he's a teacher and you're a student. Like even if you, they don't know you personally, why are you having this conversation right here? People in this show have really bad eyesight and really bad hearing. I know. Is it yeah. like... Isn't it so crazy that A knows all this stuff? Because you just talk about it openly. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it wild? I don't think so. She's like basically screaming across the room. She likes his new haircut as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nice haircut. <laughs> and, and he was standing there in front of people when she said that. Like, he was literally facing people when she said yes, that. Yes, they were waiting for their cushions. I didn't even notice his haircut until she said it. Me either. Yeah, it looked the same. <laughs> but apparently he cut it to impress her so it, it worked how would cutting his hair impress her like there was nothing ever said about his hair or she's never commented on his hair yeah i don't know but he makes a thing at um, when they're talking later on about um well i didn't cut it to impress miss welch <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then so i guess we can finish off them so they meet later after um aria's been dancing with sean to distract yeah. him um, and we'll come to that in a second. Then she talks to Ezra um, afterwards and he's like, you know, seeing you with guys your own age it makes me think that maybe we shouldn't be doing this because I can't take you out, I can't split fries with you, well done. Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, how's this a problem? Have your own fries. <laughs> Red flag right there. Who shares fries? No one. Yeah, like that's not sad. Sometimes me and Suna split two of the same thing. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, well, it's not the exact same thing. It's like slightly different things. So like we'll split a Twix and the twirl because <laughs> they're both two packs. <laughs> but we've only had half a chocolate each both times. Dainty. <laughs> Dainty. <laughs> that makes sense because they're two different chocolates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does make sense, but we make a joke about it. Like, oh, we're so dainty. We only had half a chocolate <laughs> twice, though. <laughs> also, twirl reigns supreme. It's true. Yeah. Oh, caramel twirl. Chef's kiss. Okay, back on track. Yeah, I think that's probably it for them for this episode. Yeah. Oh, we didn't actually cover off on the the hallway scene. Oh, yeah, so that was – I was kind of talking about the hallway scene there, but, yeah, what have I missed? Do they end up back together after that, or am I imagining this? I don't know. I thought it was a bit ambiguous where they were going to end. That's yeah. right. Seeing as how she's the main character and that's her, like, love interest, I doubt they're actually going to end. Yeah. I'm not too curious about them. And then the main action that's kind of happening here is, um, oh, well, one of the other things is Spencer's really paranoid about Hannah and, I mean, not Hannah, Emily and Toby being together. So she's ignoring Alex the whole time and he's, like, taking her to the fortune teller and to wherever else. She's just like full on deadpan, not even just keeping an eye on them, just staring at Emily and Toby nonstop throughout the whole night and ignoring Alex. Like, girl, he's not going to murder her at the game right there. Like, pay attention to your um, partner. So that was one thing that happened. A also had another sneaky message. Uh, A managed to write on the tarot card and even the tarot reader was like, how did that get there? <laughs> 
Um, did you guys recognize who the tarot reader was? No, I, she did look familiar to me, but I didn't place it. Who was She's it? She's the Spanish teacher in That's So Raven. That's like, still there. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. She did look familiar to me, but I couldn't place it. I was like, oh, I don't know where she's from. Yeah, I love that. I've seen, because I've recently rewatched um, That's So Raven, so I recognized her pretty easily. Mm, I haven't seen that in about 20 years, I want to say. No, less. 15 years. Disney Plus. Ah, okay. Great show. Yes. Anyway, continue. That was just a side note. And then, um, yeah, the other thing I was going to ask is, is this, like, common for homecomings? Are there so many events and stuff? How did they find all this room? I thought it was just a dance. You just went there. There was music. There was some drinks. And you just danced. Okay, I don't know what homecoming is, but does anyone know when homecoming is? Is it, like, at the beginning of the school year or at the end? I think it's at the beginning, um, just based on the fact that they've only recently come back to school after the summer. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But how do you get how do you get crowned homecoming queen already? Yeah, but like in every teen movie, right? They do a homecoming, and then it's like the end. So I think a homecoming is at the beginning of the year, and the prom is at the end of the year. So I think the homecoming. Oh, because they're coming home from the break. Yeah, and it's specifically relating to like the first football game back, I'm pretty sure. It's based on context that I've seen from other American movies. Mm. No, this is right. So Wikipedia says homecoming is the tradition of welcoming back former students and members and celebrating an organization's existence. There we go. It is a tradition in many high schools, colleges, and churches. How do you get crowned the homecoming queen? I guess homecoming queen makes sense. But, like, why would you get crowned that at the start of the year and not the end? Who's popular at the beginning and then at the end? Sets the tone for the rest of the year, man. Because you also have prom queen, right? Ooh, is it expected that you keep your throne? Maybe. Is there – oh, my God. We need to do a movie where there's, like, okay, a home – hear me out, homecoming queen wins by complete fluke. And then she spends the whole year trying to keep her popularity so she wins prom queen too because it's going to be taken from her by the real popular girl. I like it. I'd watch this movie. (laughs) I would watch this movie too. Okay, now listen to this. All right, so every high school, this is 17.com. Every high school has their own homecoming traditions and depending on where you live and what school you go to, homecoming can mean a lot of different things. It may quite literally mean a a coming home of sorts. It's an opportunity for your school's alumni to visit their old stomping grounds to see old friends, teachers, and underclassmen they left behind. Expect to see, expect to see a lot of recently graduated seniors to come back for this year's homecoming, considering they didn't get a proper send off in the spring. Oh no, that wasn't. That's because of coronavirus, not to do with the being. Got it. <laughs> yeah, this show was pre coronavirus, but that's um interesting. That's not how this one worked because only Melissa was there, and it was because she was going to give them the crown because whoever else was meant to do it couldn't do it. A homecoming court is crowned with a highly coveted homecoming king and queen reigning over their kingdom for a year until a prom king and queen come along. I see, but also this also just reminded me. So is this for the whole school then? So is, are they saying that Hannah is not the most popular person in her year but in the whole school? No, I think it's her year specifically because that's what I was going to say. I think prom is only for seniors and like in other movies like in 10 Things I Hate About You, it's very exciting that Bianca gets asked to homecoming, uh, to prom because it's a seniors only thing and she's the only freshman that was invited. So I think this is a freshman thing. But if it's a welcome back, 
Shouldn't it be for everyone in the school? Aren't they all coming okay, back? Okay, 17.com again. Homecoming is more inclusive than prom. At most schools, prom is open only to seniors and sometimes, but homecoming is for all, even the underclassmen, meaning you can start jo- enjoying the festivities as a freshman. But yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense to and me. Then, and then it goes on to say this, right? The main event, the piece of the, res- the resistance of any school's homecoming is the dance. If you've seen it play out in all the best high school dramas, Pretty Little Liars, Riverdale and Vampire Diaries. I find it unbelievable that Hannah is the most popular girl at the whole school. Like, I'd buy it for their year, but surely there's older girls that are more popular. Obviously not. Hmm. American things. Because I was going to say, you don't get, like, king and queens at, like, Australian formals, I don't think. No, and rightly so, you shouldn't. <laughs> and it's so funny that they, like, had this whole independence from England because they wanted to be a... Please, tell us about your homecoming experience because we have no idea. And yeah, tell us, are there normally games there? That just seems weird to me. It's like a fair at a dance. And a fortune teller? I think it was meant to be a theme, but I can't tell what the theme was. Carnival. Fancy dress carnival. (laughs) Fancy dress carnival. Yeah, and then I guess the peak drama of the show, of this episode, happens when um, they decide that because Toby and Emily are together and they suspect Toby and Jenna are doing all sorts of dodgy shit, it can't wait. Hannah has to leave the prom and go get the documents right then and there. Hannah takes off to go get the documents. Uh, she runs into Lucas, who was leaving, so they, they decide to go together. And she tells Aria to distract Sean, which is why Aria and Sean are dancing together. But here's the other thing. Why does Aria need to distract Sean? Surely he's got so many friends there. He goes to school there. He's crowned the prom king. Like the homecoming king, sorry. Surely he has some friends there that he can hang out with and not feel like a lost puppy while Hannah's off doing other stuff. No this deal. Is logic. Clear and simple logic. Like, yeah. I'd just be like, oh, I gotta run and look after some stuff behind the scenes for this. Why don't you go hang out with your friends for a bit? Drama resolved. I'll be right back. I have a female emergency. Yeah. I am perioding all over my dress. <laughs> he will not ask another question. Never. I literally thought that was Sadie saying that because she had to be right back. Yeah. (laughs) Like they just make everything more sus for themselves. Like they just make sure that people are like questioning every move they make. (laughs) I know. (laughs) There could be a simpler way to do this. Like also they didn't have to go and find those files during the middle of the homecoming dance. Like just wait and do it after. Yeah, like there was no real emergency like they were making it out to be. That They had to get it then and there. Do you think Toby, like if you think Toby's a murderer, do you think Toby is going to kill Emily at the most populated dance at this school right now? Or is he going to do it when they're quiet and alone and together? But that's the thing. They didn't even think it was Toby yet. They still thought it was Jenna. They only found out it was Toby when they went to the office. I think they thought that they were working together. Because even when they got the, you know, when Toby brought the tickets and Spencer was like, oh, Toby, who's never had a date in his life, just brought two tickets to homecoming. Like it was some sort of revelation. Like he's allowed to go to homecoming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like the whole thing was just so dramatic, like unnecessarily dramatic. Like just wait, go get the papers tomorrow. Once you guys have enjoyed your prom, like God knows you spent three hours doing your hair. Just enjoy it. But then how can they have the dramatic moment where everyone's scared of Toby? Yeah. And then also this goes back to Toby just acting so sus all the time. Like, mate, Toby, if you've got a story to tell, just spit it out. 
<laughs> he has to tell everyone that he's a vampire, but he can't. I know. <laughs> he's like, I'm about to step into the light so you can see who I really am. <laughs> he's just drawing it out till daylight so he can step in the sunshine and shine. <laughs> and then he sh- and Emily will be like, oh. It's beautiful. I love you more. You know what I am. You know what I am. Tell me. <laughs> Then um, Hannah's phone dies, so she can't tell them until she gets back to the prom, what she found, to the homecoming dance. And then um, also she was with Lucas. He had a phone, I'm yeah, sure. Duh. You could have called your friends from there. Anyway, she gets back to the homecoming. They meet of all places in a room full of mirrors. So there's like 35 Hannahs, 35 Spencers, and 35 Arias in there talking. And they, then um, they find out that... <laughs> Yeah, so they find out that it was Toby who was actually going to see the therapist and that he was here in Rosewood the night that Alison went missing and um, that Alison knew something about a sexual relationship between Jenna and Toby, which is what he was using to blackmail them. So I have something to say on this in a second too. But okay. <laughs> anyway, they find all this and then they text Emily and they're like, Emily, you're with Ali's killer right now and we have proof. And then they run out of the room to find her wherever they're going. And you see Jenna standing in a room full of mirrors by herself. Like, how did none of you see her? There's about 35 Jennas in there. There's so many Jennas. How did you not see her? Again, it was like she was slightly out of camera, I think. So Jenna's heard there. I was waiting for you to say something. Like, how could you not see her in there? Yeah, how could you not see her in there? Like, how? How did you not see oh, her? She's standing like three feet away from you. I said, all of them for some reason are specifically blind, but to only Jenna. Can never see Jenna anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Like, Jenna has like reverse blindness where she can see, but they can't see her. <laughs> the only thing that makes sense. She's got an invisibility clock that she takes off as soon as they leave, okay? Yeah, that, that makes the most sense. Um, and then the other thing that really made me laugh was about in relation to this was when we see the flashback to Ali um, trying to blackmail Toby and she's like, oh, if, if you tell people about this, then I'll tell them about what you and your sister do or whatever. And But he, so he started, so she started saying, I've seen you um, look in my windows. <laughs> Toby says, I haven't looked in your windows. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I've looked in yours. <laughs> and I don't know that that was meant to be that funny, but I found it hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. It probably wasn't supposed to be that funny, but that is ridiculous. It's literally the pot pulling the kettle black. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But I've looked in yours and I know what you about you and Jenna. That's the thing. I don't think it was even meant to be remotely funny. I think it was meant to be menacing, but it was just hilarious. It was hilarious. Because, yeah, it was like, you've just been accusing him of this, but clearly you've said that you were spying on him also. So, yeah, that was funny. Anyway, and then do you guys want to pick up about um, when Emily gets the text? She gets the text and she immediately, she's like 100 times more scared than she was 10 seconds ago. Like, you already figured it out. Like, why are you still panicking? Like, why are you panicking more? Yeah, because she had also just seen the um, the tattoo as well. 
and the text message. And they said they have proof, which, by the way, that's not proof, but okay. Not proof that he killed her anyway. It's proof that he was in Rosewood. Yeah, but they're like, oh. And he's got a tattoo. They're like, we ha- that's Ali's killer and we have proof. Like, no, you don't have proof, mate. Like, something else could have happened that day. Like, not everything revolves around Alison. Well, yeah, as someone who's finished watching this show, that whole day does revolve around Alison, but they're for future episodes. I don't know, something else could have happened in his life that day. Maybe, you know, he, he, I don't know, had a good day at the psychologist's office or he's finally off his meds or he's found a reason for something else. Like, could we literally a million other things? Yeah, anyway, so in um, Emily gets that text, she's... Scared. Immediately throws a glass in his face. Yeah, she throws <laughs> shit at him and then she runs off. <laughs> and um, as she's running away, she trips, don't know over what, nothing much. She trips and falls and that's where it kind of cuts. So I think there it alludes to Jenna having something to do with it because the last place we saw Jenna was in the Room of Mirrors and then Emily mm-hmm. runs through the Room of Mirrors and immediately outside of it is where she falls. Okay. But how can a how how fast can a blind person find their way out of a thing of mirrors? <laughs> well, she's she's blind. She doesn't she has a cane to tap and hear things. She knows where things are. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It would be easier for her than a regular person because she would just find the gap with her cane and walk out. Not like Arzum when we went to the <laughs> aquarium the other week. <laughs> In a similar situation, in a similar situation, me and Arzum went to the aquarium the other week and we were in a room and there was like jellyfish in big, like, um, they were, like, they were aquariums, but they were circular, like they were jar-ish looking. Yeah. cylinders. And there's like about, yeah, they're in cylinders and there's about four of them in the room. <laughs> But the room was mirrored, so it looked like there was an endless amount of jellyfish cylinders going in every direction. <laughs> and literally, Arzum could not find her way out. <laughs> it, was actually, like, it was actually so scary. So I had to, like, grab my arm and be, like, this way. <laughs> so, like, Jenna's not in this situation. She can just tap her cane to the empty spot and get out. <laughs> Well, what do you expect? She's not old enough to drive interstate by herself, okay? Well, luckily there wasn't any mirrors on the road or I would have had to go pick her up. You guys, it was actually so creepy though because I was even like, why are there so many people just hovered around one of these tanks when there's 40 others in here? And it was like two people around the tank. many reflections but yes and I had to literally grab my arm and help me out Uh, yeah I literally had to guide her out like just go this way towards the light but where is the light it's everywhere the scene cuts to Emily falling like you see her falling and then you don't see what happens next and so it ends is with a spray painting the thing the sign yeah that's creepy too but like they're alluding to the fact that maybe someone's died, but like, but like who is it? Well, I think we think it's Emily, right? Because the last scene before that is her falling and Toby chasing her and her getting a text from everyone saying that he's Ali's killer. Yeah. So I think it's alluding to Emily dying. But if we think about it logically, 
Emily's like one of the main characters and her and her storyline isn't finished yet. So like I have a very strong feeling that it's not Emily. Okay, and I respect that. My one piece of advice for you in watching this show as someone who has seen it, do not look for logic in things. You're not going to find it. <laughs> yeah, agree. <laughs> like, in Ga- like in Game of Thrones, no one is safe. Anyone can die at any time. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, well, I'm not going to ruin it. It's okay. I probably won't watch it. It's too long. Yeah, as opposed to Pretty Little Lies, that's very <laughs> short. <laughs> I just mean like the episodes are too long. and Like the first few episodes I've seen were really slow and I just, yeah. They're the same length as Pretty Little Liar episodes. There's only, and there's only eight seasons with like ten episodes each season for Game of Thrones. Yeah. But also, like, in Absalom's defense, there's not one homecoming dance in Game of Thrones. So. <laughs> exactly. I'm unlikely to be interested. Got a couple of weddings there. Oh man, do they have weddings? And also, there's a king and queen. Lots of them. Mm, there is. Back to our show that we're watching, though. <laughs> so we just said that we just quickly said that it's alluding that to the fact that Emily dies. Yeah, it's it's hinting that that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, I think my that's what my husband thinks has happened. Um, because he's like, ah, oh, how could it end there? Um. And he wants to see what's happening in the next episode. So he's quite keen for us to publish it so that he can see the next episode. <laughs> he's also watching it as a first-time viewer. Has he got any theories? Um, I don't think so. I was going to say. Um, so if we've covered off on everyone and the events and everything, unless there's anything else anyone wants to cover off on, do we want to talk about our favourite A messages? Yep. So mine was definitely the fortune cookie. I really like that one. Lions and tigers and bitches. Oh my, there's no place like homecoming. See you there, A. Mm. First of all, this is like creepy on so many levels because not only did he know or she know or they know that they were going to be ordering Chinese food, but they have access to and can tamper with their food. That's really scary. (laughs) But also A's reach is so far and wide, which is kind of what I was saying at the beginning, like, in these few episodes, A reaches them in such inventive ways. Like, A can control wind. A has access to the fortune teller's deck of cards. A has access to their fortune cookies, the radio. Very inventive. A was physically in Spencer's house hiding behind a wardrobe when they went up and saw the, the sign yeah. on the mirror. And no mm-hmm. one noticed. And the other thing about A's messages is A relies on them to pick up on these clues a lot. Like, when A made that message, A expected that they would pick up that that was Jungle Red. <laughs> like, what if they didn't? They're like, oh, it's some lipstick, bro. <laughs> and A's whole plan is, like, gone. <laughs> that's why That's why. And also when the lipstick in the cupboard so that they got the colour code to it. Yeah. But also when Aria finds the lipstick and she puts it on her hand and then puts her hand next to the mirror to colour match the them, like, color. why didn't you just... Yeah, no, but like that, I wouldn't expect them to look the same because they're on different mediums. Why not just draw on the mirror next to it? <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy, girl. <laughs> yeah. But Sadie, what was your favorite A message? My favorite A message was the one that blew in the wind with them. <laughs> like, okay, the, the the notes come to you. You've picked it up. It says, "Ding dong, the bitch is dead." Right. It didn't. Did it have the initial A at the end of it? I don't think it did, because that's what caught my. That's what 
But it was in the iconic red color. Okay, it was in the red color, mm. but there was no initial at the bottom of it. So it could have been like someone saying, "Yay, she's dead." It could have been like a clue to follow a clue to follow up on. Off screen, Jenna standing there like this. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, do you guys want to get on to Worst Sister of the Week? Yep. Do you want to start? Okay. This week, uh, my Worst Sister moment was I assumed someone's age completely wrong. So I had I was speaking with someone and I used the phrase um, our age. This guy looks at me and he goes, yes. How old do you think I am? I was like, I don't know, my age, 30s, 40s. And he tells me that he's 60 plus. <laughs> at least that's on the good side of assuming their age. Like now the issue is do I see myself as a 60 plus year old? Or is, it, or is this guy just looking really good for his age? <laughs> I was about to say that. Plus, also, you're like, oh, my age, 30, 40. Mate, you haven't even turned 30 yet. I will in, like, a month. Like, there's, yeah, there's still a good month until you turn 30, but you're already seeing yourself up there with the 40-year-olds. I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm just tired, you guys. At least I was the right side of getting their age wrong. Yeah. So it wasn't that bad this week. Yeah, at least he didn't say to you. About our age. <laughs> yes, that's my highlight. That's my takeaway from this week. Yeah, don't assume. You make an ass out of you and me. Yeah, definitely. What's your guys' worst sister of the week story? Okay, I think my worst sister of the week story is that. Um, so, like as we mentioned last week, I was almost staying at my house this week um, while her own house got packed away and stuff, and she drove to Queensland over a couple of days on. Um, Saturday and Sunday. Are you sure it's Queensland and not Hobart? I'm not sure. She drove somewhere. (laughs) She's currently in another state. I'm not sure where. Anyway, my worst sister of the week story is that I made her help me cook food that she wasn't going to eat before she left. (laughs) So for those who don't know, everyone is allowed one thing. I know. I'm always like, so whenever I don't want to do anything and I make Adazam do it, I'm always like, everyone's allowed one thing. And my thing is that I don't like chopping. Also, my other thing is that I don't like, yeah, I also don't like carrying things. <laughs> anyway, I made Adazam, I made Adazam roll out the koftas and make the salad for a dinner party that I was going to have after she had left. <laughs> And then I sent her the photos of me enjoying said delicious food while she was on the road eating canned soup. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, though, I like the canned soup. (laughs) Also, I did supply the canned soup. But why? Because you didn't like the canned soup. (laughs) (laughs) This is disgusting. (laughs) Basically. Yeah, pretty much. So that's my worst sister of the week story. Have you thought of one yet, Arson? Uh, not really. I'm not sure if this is like a good story, but basically when I was staying at your house, I would many times throughout the week not so suddenly put in an order for a hot chocolate or a warm beverage. <laughs> so, in just very casual way, it's like, like oh, like a sooner. Were we going to have like something warm to drink while we edit our podcast? <laughs> 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 or yeah. she did this a lot. Or when 
usually when Suna does have like a warm drink or something, um, like, you know, a chai or a hot chocolate or something, I would get up like five minutes before she would usually have one and be like, does anybody want tea or something warm? I can make tea. (laughs) Also, she'd be like, you make the best hot chocolates. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong, though. I I think Suna wins worst sister of the week, but Arzum gets honorary mention for jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think I do win with the um taunting her with some good food. We'll post that photo on our social media so you can see exactly what she missed out on. Because it was good. Like my friend who came over to the dinner party was texting me not long ago asking for all my recipes, so I know it was good. <laughs> Step number ten, get your younger sister to do all the parts that you don't like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then taunt her with it when she leaves. Well, now that Sadie has left, I think it's uh, time for us to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Shadewood, our second episode, and the third episode of our podcast. We're really loving making these and we hope you're loving listening to them. So please um, shoot us some feedback if you have any about how you're enjoying the shows and what we can do to be better. Uh, Follow us on all our socials. We're on at Shire on Facebook and Instagram. Worst at Sister Worst, sorry, at Sister Worst on Twitter. We also have our own subreddit, r slash Worst Sister Shire, and you can email us on WorstSisterShire at gmail.com. And make sure you tune in next week for us covering our second movie, which is going to be Miss Congeniality. Yes, can't wait. I'm so excited. So, yeah, just thanks for listening, guys. All right, on the count of three. One, One, two, two, three. Had the bomb. Had the bomb. <laughs> we messed it up. Oh, again. I thought we were in sync. <laughs> oh, really? It must be the recording. Uh, on my headphones, it sounded right. in sync, but you know, we'll find out. Oh, okay. Try again. One, two, two three. three. Had the bomb. Had the bomb. That was really out of sync. I think we were in sync. No, then. we were so out of sync. Oh, <laughs> that was in sync for me. <laughs> All right, well, use the one that's in sync when you're editing. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, Catch you guys next time. Catch you guys next time.